like the words of that last hymn, or last verse. He sent his son with power to save from guilt and darkness and the grave. Think you need that? <laughs> so I got good news today and I got bad news today. Any preference on which one you're going to get first? Start with the bad. You've heard a sermon before, haven't you? It's usually where we begin. Thanks for saying that. The bad news is you need what we just sang about in that hymn. The bad news is, yeah, your life is going towards the grave. I don't know if anybody else is, is tired of funerals around here. And if you have been paying any attention to what's going on, you realize that all of us, we're, we're wearing out. And our bodies aren't cooperating with us. And it's a joy to send people who love Jesus home. We celebrate that. But it's hard to lose them. We miss them. It's hard. And we're going to follow. These bodies aren't getting any younger, are they? (laughs) No. So here's my question. How old were you when you realized you were not getting any better? Just think about that. Come up with a number in your head. How old were you when you realized you were not getting any stronger? You were not getting any prettier. You were not getting any more handsome. What? Tuesday. <laughs> Some of us are slow on the take, evidently. <laughs> but, you know, at some point you realize you're not getting any better. Right? You're just not. Um, there's something to that phrase, over the hill. Because for about the first 20, 30 years of your life, this is the trajectory of your life. I mean, man, oh man, the, the, the fullness of life is ahead of you. The wind is at your back. You're getting better, better. You feel this. And then at some point you realize... And you just become aware of that. Now, for the first 20 or 30 years, like I said, you're, you're just, um, aging is an unreal concept to you. You're really not aware of it. You know it's going to happen, but it happens just to the other people who are older than you. You don't think about it. But I think somewhere in your mid-30s, instead of your early 50s, you realize, you realize, hey, you're not getting any better. And it's a, it's sort of a, could be kind of a jarring thing for you to realize that. And how did that come to you? What, what brought that on? Let me just throw out an example. For some of you, it might have happened like this. It might have happened like just doing something as simple as playing on the church softball team. And one day you realized you're not getting any better. Imagine this scenario with me. You're the shortstop on the church softball team. And you're in your position You're ready to go. Guy's up to the plate. He hits a scorcher 
right up the middle, you're ready for it. You see the ball moving in the, in the direction it's going. What do you do? Boom. You pivot. You're running towards the ball. You're bending down low. Your arm is outstretched. And in your mind, you can picture exactly how this is going to go. You're going to run over to that ball. You're going to grab that ball. You're going to jump up, pivot, and you're going to throw the guy out at first base, get him by at least a step, maybe two. This is how it's going to go. This is how it always goes. For the first 30 years of your life, this is how it's gone. And then you try. And you're running. And you're going. And your body's low. Your arm is outstretched. And all of a sudden, when you're ready to grab the ball, you look. And, and it goes out in the center field. And what do you do? You do like the kids. What's wrong with this glove? has always worked so well before. What's the problem? Is it, is, it your, is it your glove? It's not the glove, is it? You look at it and you're incredulous. You cannot believe that this thing that you had pictured in your head did not happen for you. And you're asking yourself, what in the world? How did this happen? Let me tell you. Let me tell you how this happened. You have reached a point in your life. You have reached a point, and it's just the start. It's just the start where your mind has begun to write checks that your body can't cash. That, that is what's going on. And you reach a point where in your head you can do it. But with this body that you have, no go. You just can't do it anymore. You just realize it's beyond you. Real fresh, another illustration. Yesterday, you know, confirmation weekend, right? My daughter's being confirmed. My parents are in town. And yesterday, we set up the volleyball net. My brother's family's here. Terry from down in the cities. And anyway, we're out in the back with all the cousins, having a good time. And my dad says he wants to come out and play volleyball with us. Great, Dad. Just come on out, you know. You can go on Kevin's team, Dad. No. Uh, come on, Dad. Let's go. And he's out. He's so funny. You know, he's out there trying to do his thing. He's like, this is my area right here. If it goes over here, I'm not moving. I can't get it. But if it's right here. But he's just so funny. He's, and he says at one point, he said, it's always about that far past my fingertips, you know, every time, right? I said, Dad, I'm going to use you in the sermon tomorrow. That's just going to happen. This is the way it is. Our bot in our heads, we can do it, right? We just can't. This body doesn't seem to cooperate. That's bad news for us. I have good news today. The good news is, with Jesus, you can get a new one of these. You can get, you can get a new one of these. In fact, you could call this sermon today... The perfect body. Because God has in mind to give you the perfect body. Interested? Interested? All right, let's, let's talk about this. Reach for a Bible, uh, just so you don't think I'm making this up. And I want to like you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And I'm going to read verses 35 to 49. And because many of you are over the hill, I'm going to invite you just to stay seated during the reading of this sermon. Did I just insult the congregation? I'm pretty sure. Oh, man. Verse 35. This is good news for us. Listen to this. We've been talking about how Jesus rose from the dead, and because Jesus rose from the dead bodily, bodily, we get to rise too, and God has in mind a bodily resurrection for us. Think about this. Verse 35, but someone may ask, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body will they come? 
How foolish. What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. When you sow, you do not plant the body that will be, but just a seed, perhaps of wheat or something else. But God gives it a body as he has determined. And to each kind of seed, he gives its own body. All flesh is not the same. Um, Men have one kind of flesh. Animals have another. Birds, another. And fish, another. There are also heavenly bodies. And there are earthly bodies. But the splendor of the heavenly bodies is of one kind. And the splendor of the earthly bodies is another. The sun has one kind of splendor. The moon, another. And the stars, another. And star differs from star in splendor. So it will be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown is perishable. It is raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. So it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam, a life-giving spirit. The spiritual did not come first, but the natural. And after that, the spiritual. The first man, right, that's Adam, was of the dust of the earth. The second man, that's Jesus, from heaven. As was the earthly man, so are those who are of the earth. And as is the man from heaven, so are those who are of heaven. And just as we have become the likeness of the earthly man, so shall we become the likeness of the man from heaven. Lord Jesus, help us. To believe good news today for us. Help us to, with sort of baptized imagination today, imagine what it would be like to have this body that you say you will give those who trust in you. That they may enjoy the home you will make for us. Thank you, Jesus. Help us this morning to look into your word and be blessed by it. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. The perfect body. Uh, There are three important questions that I want to ask about this uh, perfect body uh, from this passage. And uh, here they are. Here's the first one. How do I get this perfect body? That sounds great. How do I get one of these? I would love to have one that doesn't wear out, doesn't give up, doesn't miss ground balls. How do I get one of those? Here's the answer. You need to be willing to give up the one you've got. You need to be willing to trade this one in for the one that God has for you. In other words, you have to be willing to die in this body so that you can live in the one that God has for you. A few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, my wife got a new cell phone. And uh, the way the the deal we got for her on the cell phone was the best deal that uh, they had included the uh, the option in which you would trade in the phone that you've got. 
This is, they have lots of deals. This was the one that we said, this is the best one for us. So we're like, let's do it. Yep, we'll trade in the one we've got. Michelle, you got to trade in your phone. You want to know how hard it was for her to trade in her phone? Not hard at all. Because here's what this phone went like. It had gone like this, but it had crested and gone over the hill. She had a phone that was glitching all the time, hardly reliable, not very dependable, much like the body that goes over the hill was her phone. So it wasn't hard for her to let it go. You got to trade in your old one and I'll give you a new one. So Paul says it's kind of like that with us. You got to be willing to let this one go. In fact, he uses a, an illustration or a metaphor of planting. And he says, you got to be willing to put this one in the ground like a seed in order to have the new one, the wonderful plant that God's going to bring from it. Your body is a seed. This is what he says. Look at verse 35. But someone may ask, <clears throat> how are the dead raised? With what kind of body will they come? And Paul then quickly answers, how foolish. What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. In other words, you've got to die to live. No one enters the kingdom of God in the body they're wearing now. Later in verse 50, Paul says this. I declare to you, brothers, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the perishable. You want a perfect body? Got to let this one go. The older we get, the more like very willing. The way this thing glitches, doesn't work, doesn't cooperate with us. We're like, yes, thank you. I'll take I'll take the new one because this one is not working very well. Jesus, it's wearing out. Second question, what will this body be like? What will this perfect, as if, you know, just calling it a perfect body isn't good enough for us. I'm, I'm curious, you know, what does is, what is perfect look like? What is, this, what is it going to be like, this body? The Bible teaches us that our heavenly body will be similar to the one we have now, only completely different. Does that sound a little confusing? It'll be similar to the one you have now, only completely different. I think God knew this would not necessarily be very clear to us so he he gives us an illustration verse 37 and 38 when you sow you do not plant the body that will be but just a seed perhaps of wheat or of something else but god gives it a body as he has determined and to each kind of seed, he gives its own body. What is he saying? He's saying this. You don't plant a tomato. You plant a tomato seed. And from the seed comes a tomato plant. A plant that is different than the seed. But there is... There's a very definite connection between the plant that comes and the seed that was sown. There is continuity between what is put in the ground and what comes from it. This is what he's saying. There's a continuity between the two. Uh, a tomato seed planted in the ground produces a tomato plant. Uh, a watermelon seed planted in the ground produces a watermelon. Tomato seeds don't make watermelons. Watermelon seeds don't produce tomato plants. Similar, similarly, the Bible says, your earthly body is the seed 
that is put in the ground and results in a glorious, powerful, everlasting body. You ever think of your body as a seed? So when you get to heaven, there will be a correspondence between the body that you have there and the you that you have now. The body that you are inhabiting now. The seed of who we are today corresponds to is there's some continuity between that body and the one that we will have in heaven. So we will we will see with eyes, not these eyes, but we will see with eyes and we will hear with ears and we will walk with feet and we will touch with hands and we will. There's a correspondence between this body, which is like a seed and the and yet it's so much better. The, the body that we will have is so much better, just as the plant that comes from the seed is so much better than the seed. We don't get excited about the seed. We get excited about what comes from the seed. We don't get excited about these bodies. We get excited about how God will take this body, plant it in the ground, and produce something wonderful and beautiful. And anybody, anybody else wonder, how does he do that? How does he take bodies and do that? I mean, ones that get buried in the ground, ones that get scattered in the wind in the ocean. Right? How does he pull that together? How does he take, how does he take these, how does he take this body wherever it goes in, in the world and in the earth and how does he take that and make this wonderful thing? Oh, only God knows. It's sort of on the scale of, you know, taking, taking dust and making a person, a rib and making a person. It's, it's kind of, it's in God's department to do that. He can make a wonderful body for us. But it comes from the seed of the one that we have now. Which needs to die. It's put in the ground and God uses it to make a glorious, perfect body. That we'll get to enjoy forever. In his heaven. And this will come after he, after he says, I'm going to come for my people. You know, the body that we, we when, we, when we, we die, our body is put in the ground. Our soul lives. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So these, these we have buried lately. The body's in the ground, but they're not there. They're present with the Lord. One day, someday, Jesus says he's going to come back. When he does, his bodies are going to leave the earth. And God's going to use these bodies, these seeds... To make a glorious body. Listen to what he says. Verse 42. So it will be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown or planted is perishable. It is raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. One way to think about this is that our bodies will be like the glorious body that Jesus had. Paul said that we get to trade in our Adam 1.0 version or our Eve 1.0 version of a body. And the one we get is this resurrected Jesus model. It's wonderful. Verse 49 says, And just as we have borne the likeness of the earthly man, Adam, so shall we bear the likeness of the man from heaven. And, and, and <laughs> I feel like I'm looking down at you going, yeah, yeah. And yet we have no idea what this is like, do we? We're kind of nodding our heads in agreement. Yes. Wow. Wonderful. Oh, 
Eric Simonson's funeral here a couple days ago, Sarah Beldy sang, I can only imagine. I can only imagine. No eye has seen. No ear has heard. No mind has even conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him. So, so it's like you get an idea and He says, now square that, triple that, cube that, like blow that way out of proportion. It's even better than you can imagine. One last question. I know this is, sounds great, Dave. It's a terrific thing to have a body like this. Why do I need this body? Why do I need this body? I'm going to answer this question, but not necessarily from this chapter, but from a, a broader biblical perspective. The reason we need this body is because only perfect bodies fit in in a perfect place like heaven. Uh, a really wonderful way of understanding this is to realize that just as our natural bodies are so well suited to live and to breathe in this world, so God will give us a heavenly body that will be perfectly suited to live and to breathe in the new heavens and new earth. In, in heaven. The heaven that we will be in forever. Uh, I like to think about it. It's just amazing to think of God's creation and how he has made this. He has made, God has made things to fit perfectly, wonderfully in this world. Think about it. He made fish to breathe in water. He made them to fit in their environment. Pulled one out of the river yesterday. It was struggling. Micah caught it. Threw it back in. Off it goes. It doesn't work well out here. I'm breathing fine outside on the, on the bank of the river, but that fish needs to be in that water. He made bears so they could sleep through the cold winters. Anybody else think that would be a great idea for us? Sleep through the winter. I'm in. What do you mean bears that can do that? Think about that. You mean butterflies that can fly thousands of miles. He made the sun and set it in its place at just the right distance from the earth to sustain life here. So it doesn't get too cold and we all die. And it can't, or too close that we all burn up. It, God did that. God made the moon at just the right distance to orbit around the earth to pull the tides and the ocean in perfect rhythm. God did that. He, he made this to fit together. So if that's how God made the world here, why would heaven be any less? Why would he fashion for us bodies that are any less suited for a perfect heavenly place? Our bodies, our new bodies, springing from the seed of these bodies that we have, will be perfectly and wonderfully suited for that new and amazing environment, and we can't even imagine it. So anybody want to trade their body in for a new one? For a perfect one? Do you like the perfect body? You're tired of your mind writing checks that your body can't cash? I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. Nope. I can't. Maybe I used to be able to, but I can't anymore. 
You're tired of sucking wind one trip up the basketball court? Are you tired of knee replacements? Are you tired of forgetting the names of people that you have known for years? Brain doesn't work like it used to. Are you tired of throwing your back out doing the dishes? Why do we laugh? Because this happens to us. Are you tired of pulling a muscle just sitting in a chair? Are you tired of missing ground balls over second base? How about a perfect body? Anybody want one of those? Why not? Just think about it. Maybe, just maybe. Let your mind go. Maybe, just maybe, the beauty there is too bright for these eyes. And the fragrance is too intoxicating for these noses. And the sound's too delicate and too thunderous for these ears. And the feasts, too delicious for these taste buds. The songs, too musical for these voices. And a Savior, too wonderful and too holy to embrace with these hands. So God's got a perfect body to give to those who love Him. To live, thrive in that perfect place. Because Jesus rose from the dead, we can have this body. Are you trusting in Jesus today? Do you know him as the forgiver of your sins, the savior of your soul? Then you can have the hope that one day, someday, when this body is planted in the ground, from it, God will bring this perfect body to fit in a perfect place to enjoy forever and ever. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Your thoughts are so much higher than our thoughts and your ways than our ways. Your plans are good. Your plans are for our blessing. And we say thank you. Maybe just maybe we need to be encouraged by that today. We've experienced a lot of death and loss in this church family. Some are sitting here this morning having lost spouses. Many who have lost friends. And we grieve. And we suspect that uh, sometime, and maybe sometime soon, it will be our turn. Thank you that you have good in mind for us. Deliver us from despair and discouragement to the hope that we can have in you. This we pray in Jesus' strong name, good name. Amen.